revolution in the United States of America and where I analyze current events from a far-left perspective. We are in the historical context where we choose socialism or barbarism and that has never been more true. So for current events today I'm going to talk about the United States and its practice of imperialism and I'm going to share some very troubling developments from the last two months where the United States has increased its efforts of global domination at the expense of untold numbers of innocent lives. This is an evolving story, and it is one that I will be returning to and perhaps even focusing on in current events. But really quick before that, it is May 3rd, 2020 right now. So people are getting more and more desperate in this country, and this entire economic depression paired with this pandemic is going to start really getting serious. So in April, only one third of Americans could pay their rent and nothing has changed. No significant added stimulus for the American resident has come. And now it's a whole month later. All it takes is for people to start getting really hungry for the riots to start. And what about the huge numbers of evictions and foreclosures that are on their way in the near future? This country is full of guns, more guns than people. A lot of right-wingers are openly showing them in protests, and the politicians are being unbelievably neglectful while the depression food lines are already here, and the evictions are on their way. Things are going to start getting ugly and fast, and I really wish mainstream media would start to reflect this urgency. Now anyways, time for the main story. So the United States has increased its efforts of global domination at the expense of untold numbers of innocent lives, despite a global pandemic. And it is a huge story in many parts of the world that is always happening, and I'm gonna be talking about it a lot. Today, I'm going to specifically just kind of summarize things a little bit to talk about the United States war machine and some of the actions we are taking right now in order to economically dominate the globe. And in the next episode, I'm going to go into some specific ways that the United States has actually ramped up their violent efforts in the middle of this pandemic. But that's going to be for next episode. In this one, I'm going to talk about the horrible things we were doing like right before the pandemic. And again, since this, this, this show isn't super long, I, I obviously don't have time to get into all of it but I'm gonna point out some really important things. So first of all, keep in mind, none of these conflicts are for our country's actual self-defense. Self-defense is the only legitimate excuse for warfare, and none of the many countries that we drop bombs on are an actual threat to our security, and everybody knows this. It is actually a fact that all of this needless bombing is a threat to our national security since it breeds terrorism and escalates global tensions. Just like what Martin Luther King Jr. said, the violence we commit overseas will create violence right here in the United States. 
Humanity is a connected entity. One of us hurting is bad for all of us. A vast majority of our government supports these atrocities and a vast majority of Americans don't support these atrocities. It's just another example of how we do not live in an actually functioning democracy. It's an illusion. It is also important to note that all of these countries that we aggressively bomb or occupy are all more or less impoverished countries. So. They're some of the people that are going to be affected by the coronavirus pandemic the worst, so just keep that in mind. Iran, Afghanistan, Yemen, Somalia, Iraq, Venezuela, and Syria are all going to be in major crisis due to this pandemic. And the United States is making direct moves to advance their war agenda against all of these poor countries through bombs and through economic sanctions, which in effect reduces these countries' resources to respond to this health crisis. So they both kill people. Just one of them's more brazen. The real reason we are all doing all of these horrible things is never spoken of anywhere in any mainstream media. And the real reasons are obvious. It's for economic reasons, for capitalist reasons, such as the military industrial complex. And just to quickly summarize that, there's a ginormous industry in making the weapons that are used in all of these wars. And we sell a lot of weapons to a lot of completely horrible, monstrous human rights violating countries such as Saudi Arabia and Israel which use them against vulnerable people that can't defend themselves. And also, we use a lot of them ourselves, of course. Foreign natural resource jacking is another one, and defending the petrodollar is another one, and just general global dominance is another, because it's good leverage, isn't it? One tool for the United States government's imperialism is sanctions. If a leader of a country does something, like nationalize their oil, when we don't want them to, we sanction them relentlessly. And when the people in their country get desperate as a result, we harness their frustration in order to try to overthrow governments that we do not want to exist. We basically blame the country we're sanctioning for the bad conditions our sanctions are facilitating. Venezuela is the most oil-rich nation on the planet and they are a light strand of socialists. Maybe you call them social democratic, but they nationalized their oil in order to properly fund their project of a more equal society. And we will not tolerate that, especially on our side of the globe. And that's the fact of why our media is obsessed with Venezuela. That's why. It's not a coincidence they have the most oil on the planet and they're socialists. I mean, come on. A perfect example of us resource jacking is in Syria, where we are openly conquering their oil fields. Not only that, but the United States and its allies want a major natural gas pipeline to be built through Syria, which the Syrian government refused, and they have the right to do so. This is also why Russia is involved. They have economic reasons to not want the pipeline either. They're a major natural gas source for Europe's economy, I believe. But also, it is important to keep in mind that Syria fucking asked for Russia's help. And we are there trying to overthrow Syria's leader through violent means. So obviously, no one asked us to be there. So it's not like it's the same thing. But they are both economic reasons at their core. So there are the real reasons behind these wars. 
It is all about economic dominance, not about bullshit weapons of mass destruction, not about bullshit gas attacks, not about particular leaders of a country being extra evil, extra mean to their people. It's not about humanity. It's simply economics. It's capitalism. And mainstream sources of news will never tell you that. And while we are doing all of this, we are also demonizing China and acting like they are to blame for the virus, which I talked about on the last show. But I wanted to mention in this one that there's an even more conspiratorial narrative out there that is actually claiming that China biologically engineered the virus. There is a lab in Wuhan where they study coronaviruses, and they're claiming that it leaked from the lab and that it was covered up. And this is a story that has not been only given credence by many corrupt politicians, including our president and bigoted politicians, but it is also being reported by mainstream media outlets, including the Washington Post. This conspiracy theory has been debunked by many scientists for a while now. In fact, the international science community, including Chinese and American doctors, is strongly and consistently insisting that there is no evidence for this whatsoever. And this was all made clear in US media back earlier when this conspiracy theory emerged. And it was disregarded as bigoted and clearly false because guess what? It is. But despite all of this race baiting and provoking banter from the US media, the people uh, are sounding the alarm. This is maybe going to be the new weapons of mass destruction. When they claimed that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction and he was going to use them against us and he played a part in 9-11, it turned out that none of this was true. He did not even have the weapons that our intelligence agencies were insisting that he definitely had. It was also revealed through released and leaked documents that not only were they completely wrong about all of their very aggressive accusations against Iraq, but they were intentionally wrong, as in they were lying to the public in order to build up public consent for the invasion of Iraq that happened in March of 2003, which was an effort to protect the petrodollar. They did these things because our system is corrupted to the core and filled to the brim with fucking criminals. In a society with decency, these types of crimes are prosecuted. As long as John Bolton, Mike Pompeo, George Bush, Henry Kissinger, Elliot Abrams, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and again, this is one of those fucked up and depressing lists that goes on for a very long time. And I can't get to all of it. I don't know all the names. Another irresponsible narrative I want to confront is the idea that the WHO is some corrupt organization that is in the pocket of China. This is not true either. In fact, if it were true, then there were many, many non-political scientists that went along with it or said nothing, including a lot of American and European scientists. It is just ridiculous to assert these accusations without at least some solid evidence. This pandemic is setting a new world stage, and the way we are behaving right now is no doubt going to largely damage and undermine the United States' geopolitical status and security. The United States of America has exploited this crisis and is continuing to do so in order to advance its geopolitical goals, and the human cost of these developments is heartbreaking. And just to be clear, when I say the United States of America has exploited this crisis, I mean the corporate state. 
the corporations, the 1% of our country have. I'm going to spend the next events section in the next episode of this podcast listing some of the specific horrible examples of the United States rejecting humanity and continuing to aggressively push its geopolitical economic goals at the expense of, again, untold numbers of innocent lives. In this part of the show, I'm going to talk about some realities in history that I think everyone on the revolutionary left needs to keep in mind. We can't be caught off guard when shit hits the fan, and it's going to. We need to recognize the power we really have and how to organize it. But we also must recognize a way to preserve it. Because once we leverage power in a real way is when the killing starts. It's when the assassination starts. It's when the prosecutions start. And this is the general subject I'm talking about for the second half of this podcast. There is a missing piece of American history that I don't remember learning about in the education system. Perhaps some of you guys do remember learning about it, but I'm just saying that in Northern Virginia public schools, they didn't really ever talk about communism uh, within a positive context or as a real force for good that ever existed in the United States. But this is simply false. The Communist Party used to be the most organized and influential force on the far left. They helped build the Industrial Union Movement, they advanced the cause of African-American civil rights, and they massively helped the post-war feminist movement. They were truly a critical social and political force purposely forgotten within our history. The Communist Party started as a pretty small group in the 1920s, but became a diverse and influential force of nearly 100,000 people by the late 30s. The Communist Party helped build the Industrial Union Movement, they advanced the cause of African-American civil rights, and they massively helped the post-war feminist movement. Things such as Social Security were influenced by the Communist Party, as well as other parts of the New Deal. Without a doubt, they were the most centralized and powerful post-capitalist leftist movement to ever exist within the United States of America. The last time our economy completely collapsed, We had the Communist Party fighting for our rights. We had an organized leftist movement that understood power and actually leveraged it. It was the socialists and the communists who made the New Deal happen in a way that actually helped working people. FDR was reacting in order to preserve the capitalist economy. He recognized that it was reform or revolution at that point. And he was an establishment figure, so he wasn't going to let a revolution happen. A very far thing from a revolutionary figure. And before the 50s, communism was not stigmatized in the United States the way that it is right now. The Cold War and the Red Scare, McCarthyism, all of these things served the purpose of destroying the left. They were mass propaganda campaigns and uh, mass demonizing campaigns and they were relentless and they silenced communists and socialists they prosecuted them and unfortunately it worked really well they came in guns blazing and this is the dark fact of history we must always keep in mind marxist leftist revolutionaries are historically oppressed prosecuted and even slaughtered humanity has not moved past this barbarity not even close. And we must keep in mind that political violence is a reality in many places right now. 
and it could always become the case here in the United States as well if the right conditions were to arise. And I hate to say it, but these conditions seem to be arising right now, as it was in the Red Scare when communism was not only criminalized, but also used as a blanket accusation to prosecute other innocent people as well. Nowadays, the media has brought back the whole accusing people of being Russian spies thing, which is very disturbing. And it's, it's even confusing since Russia is a capitalist economy now. And also the corporate so-called left, you know, like the MSNBC, the establishment centrist left, is the biggest one in touting this Russia nonsense McCarthyism, even though this is what's been used to attack the left in the past. It's really funny, if you actually see the media and propaganda landscape and everything, the mainstream media landscape, the biggest threat to the left, the biggest aggressors against the far left is no doubt MSNBC. Also, the United States has a massive domestic surveillance program, and we are currently trying to prosecute a journalist being Julian Assange. All of these are huge rejections of the norms that we treasure so much. I mean, the idea of political violence and prosecution does not seem like a huge reach to me at this point. And I don't think it should to anyone else because if it does, you are being naive. When the power structures are challenged with an organized force, they will try to crush you. And I think this is a really important point. Hell, if a power structure is presented with any type of actual threat, it will crush it. We can't be naive about how to obtain power and use leverage, and how to defend it as well. And as far as I can see right now, a majority of the left is very naive about these things. We can't vote in socialism under a capitalist system. We need a political revolution as well as a socio-economic revolution. We can't reform capitalism and this system is not going to vote for its own destruction through its own parties being the Republican and Democratic parties. We must build grassroots workers' movements that gain their own political power through movement and organization and demand the economic revolution that we desperately need. We also can't be naive about the instances where the left has its ideas suppressed and we need to call it out and fight this back as much as we can. The fact that this last Democratic primary for the presidential nomination is considered a legitimate election with credible results and that people aren't left and right calling for an inspection is troublesome because it is not a credible election. There has been massive voter suppression all over the place and massive red flags in Iowa and the legitimacy of vote counting and also all of the exit polls, there are massive disparities, which is just another massive red flag. And all of the states with primaries that are digital. There's also been a massive gaslighting campaign, so that seems to have worked because no one's questioning a thing. Another perfect example of the left in the United States being naive about obtaining power would be all of the excuses I have heard people make for Bernie Sanders and his clearly apathetic and ineffective approach to winning. Like, he, he was seriously acting like he didn't care if he would win. And people are still saying things like, well, the whole media was against him. That's why he lost. What can you do? Well, I don't know if you remember 2016 and all of the time in between, but the media is always against Bernie. 
It's just that he barely called them out for it. He barely called out the DNC for it. He basically sat down and accepted that the DNC was not holding democratic primaries. Why the fuck would he not make a big deal about that? Guys, just because we are gaslighted constantly by the media and the system does not mean we don't have the goddamn right to be outraged about the rejection of democracy. He owed it to his voters to represent the outrage that the rejection of our vote caused. When making excuses for the Sanders campaign, some people will also point to the evidence of election rigging and blame that. And my response to that would be, why has Bernie not pointed out this election cycle yet? Like seriously, think about why. When I think about it, I could only come up with two possible reasons a politician would not point out election rigging that is clearly happening against him. And that would be either because they are in on it or they just don't really give enough of a shit to fight. And I don't think Bernie is in on it. I don't think he's corrupt. But I do think he is a coward. And he is playing politics with us and has been this whole fucking time. Now we need to start focusing on actually organizing rather than praising politicians saying the things that we want to hear. That's children shit. This country's political and social stability is getting weaker by the day. So we need to start taking action into our own hands. And yes, I understand that us socialists are a very small minority. Most of the left in the United States are social democrats even if they are not aware of it. But I truly believe in these ideas that I talk about on the show, and I really do believe that if we start getting seriously organized, then we can convince a lot of people that we need to look past capitalism, that that's the root of our problems. The conditions are perfect for us to make this case. There is some historical evidence to the idea that socialist revolution is only achievable under desperate conditions since almost every socialist revolution was in response to an extremely oppressive ruler. In Cuba, there was a fascist dictator. In Russia, they had a feudalist system with callous and oppressive czar. And of course, the list goes on. And right now, capitalism is failing us exponentially every day. The action is not taken to help the people that don't have health care, to help the people without rent money, to help the frontline responders or even entire states uh, with very much needed resources, to help the Americans that don't have money for food. In the USA, due to the economic depression, there are massive lines in every large city of people waiting for free food since they have no money. While at the same time, Farmers are destroying their crops because of a drop in demand, and they can't afford to do anything else. They have no other economic choice but to destroy food. And that's capitalism, with its absurd profit incentives that dominates all. They have no economic choice but to destroy food while people need food. This is all while there are thousands of people that are very food insecure in our country right now. These are all contradictions that are rapidly coming to the surface. The United States of America is in a lot of pain right now and, is the, and so is the rest of the planet. Us collectively must grow from this pain. We must examine the weaknesses of our economic system in order to prevent this pain from happening again. I mean, aside from the other parallel crises, uh, such as climate change and the threat of World War III. 
there will be another pandemic eventually. Why would we not fix the ills of our system, even after they're so clearly and destructively failing before our eyes? We must learn from this. We must wake up and open our eyes. We must realize that we lack freedom in this country. We lack human rights in this country. We lack workers' rights in this country. We lack enough social decency to prevent half a million people from lacking shelter in a nation with the highest GDP on the fucking planet. I mean, this is absurd, but this is capitalism in action after it has played its course in history and is outdated. We must realize that we are all connected. The pain of homelessness in this country, it taints this planet. The pain of people dying since they can't afford their meds or their surgery is a stain on our psyche as a nation, as a people, as a fucking species. Just like how MLK used to say again, all the unjust violence we commit around the globe is going to come back here. Violence overseas generates violence over here. Our principles as a society and the way we analyze and see economies needs to change. Because if it does not, we will run out of time and we will see society face massive digression as a result of this global crisis. And things can get real ugly, real primitive, and real violent, real fast. Trust me. And just one last thing. If us as a society saw things such as food, running clean water, medicine and medical treatment, electricity, shelter, and other essential basic things such as this as fundamental human rights, and if our government was truly first and foremost in place in order to protect these fundamental human rights, then would we be in such a fucking mess uh, due to this pandemic right now? Or would we be much more prepared and much more better off and in much less pain? I think the answer is obvious. Anyways, that's the end of this episode. Again, I'm going to be returning to our foreign policy, especially the immediate things we're doing to escalate things in correspondence to the coronavirus. And uh, yeah, it's time to start really thinking about revolution seriously, because we need it. We've, our founding fathers would fucking agree that we need it, and I disagree with them about a bunch of things. But anyways. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Patriotic Communist. All of the music you heard in this podcast was produced and performed by me, Max Rice. And if you would like to check it out, just search Max Rice on any streaming platform. That's M-A-X-R-I-C-E. Yes, like the food, Rice. This is Max Rice signing off. The misdirection of attention benefits big powers I mentioned y'all try to lessen the questions and attentions Money equals power, we gotta kill this connection These force-fed concepts make no sense How y'all hating immigrants and we control by the 1% Zomplified by screens, dehumanization comes easily All here are American supremacists But this line of thought is a normality Full of fallacies while we stay combative overseas Lies and more lies as far as I can see And no one cares because of the mass distractions We're expected to not question How the government uses our taxes Unless it's helping people Then they rebel like that's all to see Though we need to free the people We need a fucking hero We need some MLK, FDR style of change We're full of pain and ignorant But won't live in 
yellow vest bulletproof vest and bold claims We need that fire in our hearts that can't be tamed We need to reject and correct our collective violent actions But it won't happen, fuck We're all distracted